Good morning and welcome to Get Connected. It's uh, AJ Vickery today and Andy Barrar uh, hosting the Get Connected show. Mike Agarbo is uh, on a Get Connected mission. Pretty uh, cool thing that he's up to today, or I should say over the past couple of weeks. He's actually uh, gone uh, with the folks uh, at MasterCard to Africa. Uh, specifically to Kenya, uh, to check out and report on some cool things happening there, uh, including uh, an innovate, uh, sort of a look at the Innovation Center uh, in Kenya. Mobile payments is really big in Africa, and so that's why they have a headquarters over in Nairobi. And so Mike and our cameraman are actually down there, and they're going to learn all about the new technology on how we're going to pay in the future, because it's happening right now in a lot of developing countries, Africa being one of them. Well, that's uh, the amazing thing is that, uh, you know, often, um, you know, you see these advancements in, in certain countries where certain infrastructures aren't in place, and it's easier to implement some new technologies. And so Mike and uh, our cameraman, Wes, uh, are going into to some local markets to actually look at um, these mobile payment technologies in in practice and see how they work. So really looking forward to them coming back, reporting on that uh, here on the radio show, as well as uh, taped segments for uh, our television program. Absolutely. But in the meantime, we got the A-team here. Yeah, we got the A-team sitting in. Absolutely. AJ and and Andrew, the Android guys. (laughs) The Android. Yeah, everything Android. Uh, Well, uh, to that, we've got a very awesome show lined up for us today. Uh, Are you... Noticing the sort of iGen population, the kids, the younger kids, using their phones too much. Well, we've got a guest on, Jean Twenge, uh, Dr. Jean Twenge, uh, um, who's the author of iGen, Why Today's Super Connected Kids Are Growing Up Less Rebellious, More Tolerant, Less Happy, and Completely Unprepared for Adulthood. Uh, she's coming on to talk to us about, you know, the use um, that kids are doing with smartphones and tablets, how much time they're spending in front of them, and what some of the research is showing is happening to those kids, including things like anxiety and depression. Yeah, so she's coined this new generation, the post-millennial generation, iGen, and these are essentially an entire generation of, of kids who spent their entire adolescence on a smartphone instead of hanging out with real people. And it's a very interesting conversation we're going to have because more and more kids are not going out. They're sitting at home on their bed chatting with their friends over their smartphones. And we're going to learn all about what is that doing to their mental health and, uh, and what, as parents, we can do to, to help them, you know, basically uh, become good human beings yeah. in the future and good adults. Yeah. Uh, it's a very interesting generation in AJ. This all happened within the, like, the last five years. So. Absolutely. And you know, as, a, as a recent father myself, I'm very uh, excited about um, this interview and really interested to hear sort of, um, some of the things that uh, Dr. Twenge has to say. Uh, also, if you're recently uh, upgraded uh, as a result of Black Friday or Cyber Monday and you bought some new gear for the house. We are going open line later in the show today, so we will be uh, taking your tech questions. If you're sitting there looking at that thing you bought and just can't quite wrap your head around how best to use it, feel free to give us a call. We'll definitely help you with any buying advice or technical support later in the show, and we will open the lines up for that as well. Uh, News, though. Andy, uh, since the Android guys are here, let's pick on Apple. <laughs> <laughs> How fitting, right? All right. So, um, it, you know, one of the biggest things with the iPhone X, the iPhone X, uh, the iPhone 10 is that um, it does this amazing job at mapping your face um, and for security to help unlock your phone. And as a result of that, um, using the forward-facing camera, the selfie camera, uh, and the mapping that it does to your face, it actually um, is gathering incredible amounts of data 
that some people um, are a little bit concerned about, and where that concern is arising is in the um, in Apple's ability to share that information with other app developers. We've seen the cute sort of like emojis, and emojis, and emojis that you sort of can control with your own expressions. Now, um, this is. Uh, you know, what are those app developers doing with that data? And that's some of the concern. Well, they are sharing that data with app developers. And the thing about these emojis is they are looking at your different expressions that you make. The, the front-facing camera for the iPhone X uh, does a 3D image, almost like what they used to do back in Hollywood. And having 30,000 points of reference on your face, it can detect your, your emotions, whether you look depressed or you're happy or you're anxious. Now, having that database of people's emotions and facial expressions, those micro expressions that we have on our face, what happens when another app developer has that ability to be able to predict if you're feeling a little depressed? And so that raises a lot of privacy concerns. But one thing that Apple has said is when you are unlocking with your face ID, that, that data of your face is being stored on the phone and not on a server. So that's a great feature. But then they'd give that data potentially to app developers to make apps. And uh, that's going to raise a lot of concerns. So we'll be interesting to see how they respond to that when that data gets into the hands of third-party app developers. Yeah, and there's no question, you know, Apple takes this seriously. They lock that data away uh, securely uh, within the device itself. As Andy mentioned, that data is not being passed out to the cloud, so it's staying specifically to your phone. Uh, And they do have uh, certain requirements um, with the licensing agreements with the app developers uh, for similar restrictions as well. But to your point, Andy, you know, are they following them? You know, and what does Apple do to ensure that um, that that data isn't being used inappropriately? You know, thirty thousand points. Think about that. Yeah. Thirty thousand points on your face yeah. are being mapped by this camera, uh, and the uh, artificial intelligent capabilities for reading that data, determining things like race, sex, like you said emotions, happy, depression, you know, and then from that being able to uh, potentially, like you say, um, you know, model its advertising or services or or who knows what what else. Absolutely. It's funny because these front-facing cameras, which, you know, when smartphones first came out, they didn't put much attention to them. But now that we're unlocking devices, uh, it is becoming a big thing. Facebook, for example, could ask you now to take a selfie to check if you are a real person. So this is you know, face data is a big thing right now. Yeah, well, you know, that's true. There's a lot of, um, you know, rumors or people complaining out there that they've actually received a notification from Facebook um, asking them to upload a selfie picture uh, in order to verify that their account is real and isn't being operated by a robot. Now, Facebook uh, has said that this is true and that they're actually, it's part of their overall um, requirement to ensure safety uh, and privacy on Facebook. And so they look at um, accounts that may have suspicious activity. Um, and, you know, there might be nothing going on there. It might be an ordinary person, but for whatever reason, triggers might be set off where they ask you to upload the selfie picture. Well, here's the thing. If you don't upload it, if you choose not to upload it for your own reasons, you may see certain uh, features of your Facebook account uh, disabled or even, worst case scenario, locked out. Now, just to verify, Facebook is saying that once you have verified who you are, they are not keeping your face on record. They're deleting it uh, right after that. So there, it, it is tough. You're going to have to manage all these privacy concerns with our data, and our face is now data. It's hard to believe, but that seems to be the, the case right now because it is a valuable way to authenticate you, whether it's on Facebook 
or to unlock your phone with like Apple 10. Right. Well, uh, we have to take a break, but when we come back, we will be talking to Dr. Jean Twenge. Uh, she's the author of iGen, Why Today's Super Connected Kids Are Growing Up Less Rebellious, More Tolerant, Less Happy, and Completely Unprepared for Adulthood. You'll send a Get Connected with AJ and Andy. We'll be back after the break. You're back with Get Connected, AJ Vickery, Andy Barrar sitting in this week hosting the show. Uh, on the line, do you think that your uh, kids are spending too much time in front of their tablet or you're trying to sort of figure out what that amount um, they should be on phones and when to give them phones? Well, we've got the opportunity to have a guest on today, Dr. Jean Twenge. She's the author of iGen, Why Today's Super Connected Kids Are Growing Up Less Rebellious, More Tolerant, Less Happy, and Completely Unprepared for Adulthood. Dr. Twenge, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. So I guess we'll just let's just jump right into it. So tell us about uh, the book and sort of where the inspiration came from and, uh, and what learnings that we can expect to take away from it. Yeah, so I've been doing work on differences among generations for about 25 years. And I got used to seeing fairly gradual changes that would build over time to become big changes. But they'd take 10 years or 20 years. Then around 2011 or 2012, I started to see much more sudden and large changes in in a period of just a few years in how teens are spending their time and how they said they were feeling. So that made me realize there was a new generation born around 1995 um, who were the first to spend their entire adolescence with a smartphone. So that's why I call them iGen. And what 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 is what makes iGen so different from say the millennials? Everybody always talks about the millennials, but iGen is essentially the post-millennial demographic group. They are so there are already um, are uh, traditional age college students and new college uh, graduates and university graduates, and our high school students and middle school students and some elementary school students too. So they are here. Um, and they are very different from millennials. They're much less optimistic. They have a lot more anxiety and worry, and that may be at least partially because they are spending a lot more time on their phones and a lot less time hanging out with each other in person, face-to-face. That was one of the first changes that I noticed was this really pronounced drop-off in teens saying that they were getting together with their friends just to hang out or to go to a party or uh, drive around in a car. iGen is just much less likely to do that during their teen years than millennials were not that long ago. And when you say much less, um, what are some of the sort of, um, you know, what's some of the data behind it? Like what, like, because I think there's a lot of people listening that do have, uh, you know, kids that are sort of in this generation and they uh, wonder, like, you know, how much is too much time with these devices? And are, and are there findings from uh, within, your, within your research and your book that kind of help direct people there? Sure. So, I mean, first let's talk about the generational shift. Um, teens these days spend between six to eight hours a day with digital media. Wow. So social media, texting, online, gaming, um, it's a lot of time. So that means they're less likely to hang out with their friends in person, for example. So just one statistic, um, in 2000, uh, grade 12 students, about 50% of them 
that they got together with their friends every day or nearly every day. Uh, and then by 2016, it was only about 33%. So it went from one in two to only uh, one in three. And there's other drops in, you know, those other in-person activities. Then they're sleeping less. Um, so there's been a pronounced jump in the percentage of uh, teens who uh, sleep seven hours or less, which is a significant sleep deprivation because they really need nine hours. Mm-hmm. And in all these cases, these, these can be uh, really traced to spending a lot of time on the phone, and that has these mental health issues. So perhaps the most alarming statistic in that department is uh, from a survey they asked about just general time on electronic devices, and teens who spend less than an, uh, sorry, teens who spend five or more hours a day on electronic devices are 71% more likely to have at least one suicide risk factor like depression or thinking about suicide than those who spend uh, less than an hour a day on electronic devices. So there's not much risk up until about two hours a day of use. So you ask, you know, what, how much is too much? Beyond two hours a day of use um, seems to be where the risks for less sleep and um, more depression and mental health issues start to show up. Frightening. Now, outside of, of depression, you also mentioned that kids, the more screen time they have, the more anxious they are. And uh, one of the things that I, I found interesting in your book was this whole notion, the acronym FOMO, or fear of missing out. And a lot of these teens are, are looking at, and their social status is being determined online, and they have a hard time and a lot of anxiety when their friends are out having fun and sharing it on Instagram and Snapchat, and they're not there. Maybe discuss a little bit about that. Yeah, so that's an interesting thing. You know, social media is supposed to connect us, and social media companies say this will connect you. You're never alone. You won't feel lonely. Well, that's another thing that shows up in these big surveys. Right around 2012, more and more teens started to say that they felt left out and lonely, and there was a pronounced spike in those feelings. And that's probably wise because it used to be that if there was a cool party over the weekend that you weren't invited to, then you'd hear people talking about it in the high school hallway on Monday morning. Now you can see the pictures of it in real time. Hmm. It's, uh, it is quite alarming. And, and what I find amazing is this all happened within like the last five to seven years. Uh, such a big shift in, in teens and their behaviors. They're spending more time at home, but the more screen time they are, the more depressed they are, the more lonely they are, and the more anxious they are. It's, uh, it's staggering to see how they're going to function when they move into adulthood. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because they are spending more time at home, and it's tempting to conclude that means they're spending more time with their parents, but that's really not the case. They're spending more time on screens, usually at home in their bedrooms. Um, so they are, perhaps because of that and many other factors, more physically safe than previous generations, so they get into fewer car accidents and fight with each other physically a lot less than than previous generations did. Mm. Um, They're less likely to have sex and to drink alcohol. Um, So there's lots of good trends with this group, especially around physical safety and um, health, physical health, but that comes at the trade-off, it seems, with their mental health. That as they spend more time on screens, they're more physically safe, but more emotionally vulnerable. 
And how do you make the connection to um, unprepared for child uh, for adulthood? Is that is that really in around socialization? So with that, that's part of a bigger cultural trend in that we live longer lives. Um, the economy has shifted, so you're more likely to, to go to university and take longer to finish education. Um, that we have fewer children and nurture them more carefully. So it has resulted in a generation who is growing up more slowly, at least in terms of what they're doing. So, for example, iGen teens, compared to previous generations the same age, are less likely uh, by grade, the end of grade 12 to have a driver's license, to work at a paid job, to go out without their parents, to date, to drink alcohol, and to have sex. Now, sometimes when I recite that list, parents will say, yes, but some of those things are good. Yeah. <laughs> and I absolutely agree with that. They are. Um, and if you just see things as bad and good, you're going to miss the whole big picture. Because what about getting a driver's license? What about working? That has trade-offs. That's not clearly good or bad. Instead, it's better to see all of those for what they are, which is activities that adults do and children don't. And iGen teens are doing those things later than previous generations. Well, that was fascinating. I really want to thank you so much for coming on the show today and talking to us about the this uh, iGen demographic. Um, Doctor, where can people find out more about some of your research or, or what you're doing? So I have a website. It's uh, www.jeantwenge.com, J-E-A-N-T-W-E-N-G-E.com. And it has information about all my books. But yes, the one we've been talking about today is the book iGen, which uh, is uh, pretty widely available. Well, thank you once again. When we come back from the break, we'll go open line for your questions. You're back with Get Connected. We are going to open up the phone lines to take any technical questions you have or give you any buying advice. Uh, I'll give out the phone numbers. We're one 280 Oh, sorry. Wrong number, Agent. <laughs> Let me do this. If you're going to call in the Metro Vancouver area, give us a shout at 604-280-9898. And toll-free across Canada is 1-877-399-9898. You you combine both of them together. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Give us a call. This is the first show of December, so it is all about the holidays. If you need some buying advice, trust me, we have covered so much technology this year. Uh, If you want to know what the hot thing is going to be for Xmas, you got to give us a call. We can help you on that front. So, Andy, I've been, um, uh, I jumped in with both feet into the smart speaker. So, for those folks listening, the smart speaker, smart speakers, um, Amazon Alexa, uh, the speaker that you talk to in your home. And technically, she- it's called Amazon Echo. Echo, yeah. But it responds to the phrase Alexa. The name. Yes. Everybody Alexa. calls it Amazon yeah, Alexa. Yeah, yeah. You speak to Alexa and Google Home. And Google Home. Uh, which responds to the phrase, hey, Google. There goes. I've just I've just triggered everybody's home. Yeah, exactly. I know <laughs> what funny. you just did. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I jumped in both feet. It's been very interesting. Yeah. Uh, the um, it's been a lot of fun as well. I don't. I can't remember the last time I was as excited about um, technology as in the last several weeks. I can tell. I saw yep. the sprinkle in your eye yeah. when you came up to me and you were yeah. asking about smart home products. Well, I think it's just something I've been waiting for for so long and it was never quite there, especially with the home control. And for folks who have jumped in and out of home control uh, over the past few decades, um, you know, it's 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 always been sort of a make-work project. It's always been expensive. Yeah. But now, 
um, I got to say, these smart speakers. And it's kind of funny that they call them smart speakers because right away I feel like that throws off what they are. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would, I'd prefer to call them smart listeners. Yes. You know, yeah. because, because they're essentially uh, a speaker and a microphone built into something that you plug in and connect to your home network. And then you talk to it and you tell it things. And as you start to add smart devices in your house, like, like anything, but, you know, simple things are like lights. Light bulbs. Light bulbs are, are, are a really popular one. Uh, speakers. Um, Smart con- switches. Connections to your TV switches. Yeah. yeah. So the big one for me, and I knew that uh, my wife was going to be very happy, was um, asking Google to turn on the Christmas lights. Oh, And nice. then seeing the front yard just go. Yes. You yes. know, yes. like that is fantastic. And, uh, you know, in the evening, always forgetting to turn off the Christmas lights, walking downstairs, going outside, unplugging the Christmas lights, getting wet, coming back in. Um, now just, hey, Google, yep. turn off the Christmas lights. Yes. And they go off. Uh, it's been a blast. You know what it kind of reminds me of? Remember the clapper back in the day? Yeah. In like the 80s, the clapper? This yes. is like the clapper 2.0 because yes. we can do everything for voice. I, I have a smart home as well, mm-hmm. except I got the Amazon Echo speaker. It wasn't available in Canada. I went to the States and yep. got it. Because I was, I was reading all these articles online of all the things you could do, and it was driving me crazy. And so I did the same thing. And I have to just use the Alexa commands. Yes. I even got one of these Echo Dots, the, the small, affordable ones, yeah. and put one in my bedroom. And I go to Alexa, I go, set my alarm for like tomorrow morning, yeah. which is great. It works. But one day, my Wi-Fi network went down, and I didn't get the notification. So... I realize that's not the perfect there's, there's, alarm. There's right? a few hiccups for sure. But, um, you know, some other things like um, if you've got one of these smart TVs, for example, yes. they can integrate with the system. Yep. So, for example, uh, my TV happens to be running an Android smart system. Yep. So um, I said to Google, I said, and I didn't even know, I didn't even know if it would work. And I was like, I was like, hey, Google, could you turn on the fire log? You know, and sure enough, no problem. We'll put the fire log playing on YouTube at 4K. And yeah. sure enough, the fire log comes on the TV. So, you know, very festive and all these sorts of things. So, very one, cool. One thing I should note, if you don't have a smart TV like that, you can get the Google Chromecast. Yes. And then suddenly you can now make your TV smart and then take stuff from your phone and cast it directly onto onto the television screen. So, there's a lot you can do out there. It is super geeky. Like the light bulbs. If you get either Philips... They have the Philips Hue light bulbs. Yep. Those are pretty expensive. TP-Link also has their light bulbs. But like each bulb will cost you about $40. Yep. However, it does have a Wi-Fi receiver in it. It can change colors. It can integrate with these smart speakers. But I think over time, AJ, the price will go down. You're going to see a lot of people doing this. It, and number, the first thing I said to you was it changes your behavior because you can't hit the light switch anymore. You have to talk to your smart speaker to turn the lights on yep. and off. Yeah, well, a little pro tip as well. Um, ikea people don't often think of it but they actually have the smart bulbs as well so um and those are uh, quite a bit more affordable they don't do the color changing but if you do want to outfit some of the areas of the house uh with a simple light um i would take a look at the ikea solution as well well the great thing about these smart speakers is before you had to subscribe to one ecosystem whether it was like samsung or it was philips or that was the problem you had to be in one system now they all just work together that's right because they're all attaching what in on the amazon front the skills to be able to integrate all these different products. And so the end consumer, the homeowner, is this going to benefit because you don't have to commit to just one brand like a Belkin or, or all those other types of brands out there. You can just integrate and mix and match yep. through all these different Pretty products. Pretty much whatever anyone gives you that's smart, you can uh, end up probably talking to it um, with a few more tech tips in there as well. Uh, we do have to take another break. 
Uh, when we come back, please hang on. Uh, the folks that are calling in, we will take your questions and calls. If you've been thinking about checking out smart home technology, give us a call. We'll try to answer some of those questions as well. Andy, numbers one more time. Uh, everyone in the Metro Vancouver area, 604-280-9898. And toll-free across Canada, 1-877-399-9898. Back after this. We're back with Get Connected, taking your calls. We'll jump right to the phone lines. Uh, let's start with Mark. Mark, are you there? Hi, guys. Hi, what can we do for you? I'm torn between the Echo and Google Home. Are you... I don't know which one to get. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's actually a, a fantastic question, AJ, because yeah. for a long time, earlier this year, you only had one choice. If you yeah. wanted a smart speaker, you had to get Google Home. But Amazon, after almost like a year and a half, has finally announced that the Amazon Echo speakers not only will be available in Canada, but you're going to be able to shop on Amazon Echo speakers as well. And, but, and they're uh, imminently available, I would say, like December 12th or December like 5th. Week, December yeah. 5th, yeah, next week. So the question, which one to go with? So So... Some things I I take into account because I face the similar kind of question. Um, because it, we, we've already said it's platform agnostic, so you don't have to worry about you know you know which. Should we beat up on Apple a little bit here too now? Because <laughs> no, we'll, we'll save that. <laughs> so their their speaker is coming. Um, the uh, you know it's agnostic, so it doesn't really matter too much um, which one you do decide to choose because it will work with a lot of your devices for the integration for yes. the integration of all your different smart devices. So so you know you don't have to worry about hey well my phone's uh, an Android phone so would I naturally go with Google? I love Gmail. Would I naturally go with Google? Those are some of the things that did encourage me to go that route. Yes. Um, you know whereas uh, other friends who are um, big time iPhone and Apple users um, who have Amazon accounts already, and they're already Prime members, uh, decided to go that route. And again, it was more of an allegiance to the the um, the systems or the ecosystems yeah. than it was anything else. But because we've sort of come out and said that doesn't matter, um, maybe maybe the argument is, well, which one works better? You know, um, they're two juggernauts, so you know they're both going to be around for a while. Amazon is going big into this, and so is Google. But I'll tell you this, AJ, if it comes down to which one's smarter in terms of you asking questions and getting the answers back, Google Home with their Google Assistant, think about it. You got Google, the yeah. search engine as the back end of this. So you can get amazing information. Amazon Echo, when you ask Alexa some certain questions, it doesn't have that, that database that Google does. So, so um, the other side, though, is that I would say that Amazon has been in it longer and they have way further integration yep. with more devices. Now, that's not to say that Google's not going to catch up, but here's the thing. I'm geeking out here. Like, I'm, I'm now looking for everything I could turn my house into. You know, stop listening to my wife. But, but uh, <laughs> I, I was looking at the, the shades, the roller shades. So yes. I want to be able to say, like, hey, like, let's, let's turn the shades down, yes. right? So all the shades go down in the house. Um, Alexa, uh, oh, sorry, Amazon's uh, ecosystem is definitely more integrated with a lot more of the manufacturers. Right. Lutron was the company I was looking at that has a, a shade division. Um, but, um, you know, you know Google's going to catch up. So, so it is a good question. I would say you're not going to go wrong with either. Um, and the price point is similar. The only recommendation I will give uh, is that, to your point, you've got the smaller Echo Dot, and I've also got the smaller Google Mini. Yeah. I wouldn't worry too much about the speaker because the speaker, sure, you may say, hey, play some music or whatever, and it might play some music. But in my opinion, all the smart speakers in your house, what you listen to um, through your main media entertainment system, they'll talk to this. So 
don't get caught up in spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a really high-end speaker that listens yeah. when you really just want the little the little things that actually, like what I said in the beginning, smart listening. Yes, but to your point, if you already have a speaker system in your home, you don't have to get like a Sonos or a smart speaker system because you can get the Chromecast audio, yes. which hooks up to your existing speaker system, gives it Wi-Fi access, connects to your network, and then through the Google Home, you can then push whatever audio you want onto that main speaker system. It's actually something we're, I'm doing at our office right now yeah. to create a multi-room speaker system with some speakers that we have already. Yeah, so um, anyway, uh, we kind of went off a, on a tangent there, Mark, but um, I would say that um, you know I'm using the Google Home, you're using the Amazon yeah. Echo. Echo. Um, Go, I would say if you are, uh, do a lot of shopping on Amazon, then you, the Echo might be for you. It's scary because you can just talk to it and suddenly an order comes the next day. Like To me, that scares me a lot because yeah. I am impulsive. I make bad purchasing decisions on the fly. But uh, in terms of intelligence, the Google Home has more information. But like you said, the Amazon Echo has the integration yeah. to, to awards a, a variety of different products. But Google will catch up, okay. I think. Now I'm going to geek out just a little bit. And I didn't want to go here. But okay, so the other part, Mark, is that if it doesn't work, if you get Google Home and it doesn't work with one of your other smart devices, there's another app called IFTTT. Uh, and this essentially bridges almost everything and honestly like if you're into some of this home control stuff go check out ifttt.com if this then that because it's essentially just a simple integrator of services all in the cloud now i'm getting too geeky but um you can control you can set up all you can get your google home to work with almost anything yep. using using IFTTT. and say so with ifttt which is basically a little programming kind of language yep. uh, integration you can say if it if the forecast has rain in Vancouver, send me a push notification or a reminder to grab my umbrella. Yeah. And you can, you can integrate stuff like that with it. Yeah. You can say if it gets to a certain temperature in the house, um, you know, close the blinds yes. if, they're, if they're smart blinds like I'm looking for. Yeah. You're really geeking <laughs> out, eh? You're I taking know. it to the next level. I know. I'm losing it. <laughs> uh, stay on the line. We will get to your calls. Um, right now, we do have to jump to a break. You're listening to Get Connected. AJ Vickery, Andrew Barrar. This week, we'll be back after this. Back on Get Connected, and we'll jump to the lines. Okay, let's, uh, let's start with Jim. Jim, are you on the line? Uh, yes, hi. Hi, what can we do for you? Well, I don't know how much you guys know about YouTube, but uh, there's something pretty strange about it to me. I'll tell you. Uh, a few months ago, uh, my comment box was cut off meaning that I can't make comments, I can't leave comments, and uh, my ability to upload anything was cut off. Now, last time I tried calling them uh, at their Canadian number, all I get is a fax beep, too. Jim, have you, have you tried maybe Googling this problem? I've never heard of someone not being able to, to comment on a video. Have you, have you done a simple Google search on this? Um, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I think I have. Jim, I, wa I want you to do me a favor. I have never heard of this problem, but uh, I'm going to go and look into it. Why don't you just send me an email at andy at getconnectedmedia.com, and uh, I'll see if I can dig into here and figure out what the problem is. My, my, my suspicion is probably something as easy as just checking uh, something in your settings, but I'll have to verify that. So just send me an email, andy at getconnectedmedia.com, and uh, we'll see if we can help you out on that. 
Move it along on the phone board, AJ. We're going to go to Ken. Ken, are you there? Hey, how are you today? Good. How are you doing? Hey, good. Uh, just a quick question. Uh, I was just uh, reading up on the new OS High Sierra uh, for Mac, and uh, there's supposedly a potential flaw in the uh, security. Uh, basically, I was reading up saying that you could easily log into the root uh, using a root password into the uh, uh, your computer. Yes with minimal uh, effort. Yes, there was this exploit uh, when they came out that if you had your like username as root, you would be able to get into it. The thing is, is Ken, is when something like that happens and it hits the blogosphere, you know Apple is, is looking at that and they're going to put a patch in or an update to, to curb that. When you look at operating systems, you know, Apple has always been very, very secure. It is still one of the hardest to, to hack into. And I always... I always caution these these companies to say you cannot hack into our systems because that just motivates the hackers out there to want to to try and, and see if they can break into it. But if you look on the, on the on the whole, Apple has always done a good job on security and and preventing you know exploits and stuff like that. But when they do upgrade their operating systems, like they did with High Sierra, they they do run into these problems. But they're very very quick in 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 basically curbing that and uh, fixing that problem with an update right after that. So. I wouldn't be too concerned because they are aware of it. Okay, so we're moving along the phone lines. We got Peter. Peter, are you there? Hello. Hi, what can we do for you? Yes, yes. I, I have uh, Skype on my laptop, <clears throat> and uh, a few months ago it stopped uh, working. Basically, I cannot uh, do any audio or video uh, communications with my Skype. And uh, my, uh, albeit uh, the uh, Skype and the laptop is, uh, is running on Windows uh, Vista, and uh, there may have been an update by Microsoft and Skype uh, regarding a newer version of Skype. And if they did do an upgrade, would that have disabled uh, <clears throat> my older version of Skype? And if it did, how can I fix that? Uh, it's still running really well on my uh, laptop with Windows Vista. I want to kind of maintain that. Yeah, so Windows Vista, uh, Microsoft had a lot of issues with that. They're trying to roll everybody away from that to go to Windows 10, but I don't know exactly how that integration worked with Skype because Skype, they're always trying to keep it updated. Uh, my suggestion is one thing you might want to try is uninstalling Skype and then reinstalling it. It could be something simple as driver issues. If it's possible to upgrade away from Vista, I would recommend it because Windows Vista as an operating system takes a lot of processing power from your computer. When they first had it, people that were upgrading uh, had issues of their computer slowing down. So Microsoft quickly tried to get people away from Vista. So that could be one of the issues right there. But again, the best bet is to try to uninstall it and then reinstall it. That's probably going to help solve it. Or again, a simple Google search with Windows Vista and Skype. You might have other people had the similar uh, issues and then had that solved. Looks like that's all the time we have today. Uh, we'll be back next week, so you want to tune in to get connected. AJ and Andy are signing off. We'll see you again next week.